Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is the best of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. NBA draft is finally here. We are prepared to see what insanity may arise. Obviously, we know who's going to go number one overall. Faults to the Philadelphia 76ers. The expectation is that the Lakers are going to draft Alonzo Ball at two, and from there we'll see what exactly transpires. But at long last, the NBA draft is here, and a crazy week in the NBA continues. We've got all sorts of audio to listen to with Kristaps Porzingis drama associated with Phil Jackson. Some amazing quotes from Phil Jackson, if you haven't heard the audio of his interview assessing the state of the New York Knicks franchise. But we begin with an idea that I floated at the end of yesterday's show and then wrote about on Outkick the Coverage yesterday that got a lot of attention. And I told you yesterday, I said, we're going to start with this and I'm going to make the argument for you. And I want you guys to just, before you immediately respond, I want you to think about my argument. So let's start here. Paul George has been the fulcrum, the center, the integral pivot point of many of the discussions surrounding the NBA draft and also the NBA trade craziness that we're in the middle of right now. So everybody's been focused on Paul George, and the argument consistently has been the Indiana Pacers cannot get Kevin Duranted. Last year, almost exactly to the day, Kevin Durant announced that he was going to join the Golden State Warriors He left Oklahoma City high and dry. They got nothing in exchange for his talents. Durant is probably, at least in my opinion, the second best player in the NBA behind LeBron James. So he would have had tremendous value for the Oklahoma City Thunder if they had been able to get something for him. As a result, 
the Thunder fall from a title contender to a team not able to win a first-round series. They were the sixth seed, and they believe they got beaten in five games by the Houston Rockets. The Thunder became a shadow of the team they were before Kevin Durant left. So, as a result, everybody's pointing at the Pacers and saying, look, Paul George is by far the best player for the Indiana Pacers. He's letting them know that he does not intend to re-up with them. So you need to get something for Paul George while you can. And so the plan, if you are Indiana, is we need to trade Paul George. So there's been lots of talk with a variety of teams, and the expectation is that at some point, Paul George will be traded. And everybody kind of universally agrees with that. Even if you're right now in Indianapolis, even if you are a huge Pacers fan, you don't want to roll the dice, have Paul George play for you for one more year, and then leave you with absolutely nothing. That logic, I think, is sound. Here's a question for you. Why is no one applying the same logic for LeBron James with the Cleveland Cavaliers? I believe LeBron James is going to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that's why the Cavs have had difficulty getting Jimmy Butler signed. I think that's why they've had difficulty getting Paul George to come over. I think that those guys know through NBA circles, that LeBron James is unhappy over the situation in Cleveland and that he is likely to opt out of the final year of his contract and become a free agent at the end of next year. This is at least reportedly so much true that Kyrie Irving himself is already trying to work angles to see whether or not he can leave Cleveland because there's an expectation that when LeBron leaves, the Cavs' chances of winning a title will plummet. So, if that is true, Let me just walk you through three questions that I think you need to answer if you are Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I always, as a kid, and even still as an adult, think that it's instructive sometimes to put yourself into a position of being an owner, of being someone who has to make a decision. You can be an elected official, you can be an owner, you can be a CEO, someone who has to look at all the data, you can be a judge. Someone who has to look at all the data and then render a verdict, essentially. What is the smart decision? And I always think this is instructive and useful. There's a lot of kids driving to school this morning, for instance. Putting your own brain in the position of leadership, of having to make difficult decisions, is a great way to prepare for difficult decisions in your own life. Because it's like you're in a laboratory and you're working on your own judgment and your own ability to assess information and end up with the right result. I'd encourage all of you to do it. Pretend that you are a politician. Pretend that you're a CEO. Pretend that you're an owner. Pretend that you're a player who has a big decision to make. Put yourself in the perspective of someone who has an important decision to make and work yourself on logical decision-making and trying to make sure that you make the own solid decisions in your own life. It's a great way to practice. So let's all pretend right now that we are Dan Gilbert and I am walking him through the options that he has as a Cleveland Cavalier owner right now. I think there are three questions that Dan Gilbert needs to ask himself that will lead him to the decision you should trade LeBron James if you can. And by the way, I know LeBron James has a no-trade clause. Thank you, no trade clause guy. 
what that means is not that LeBron James cannot be traded, which is what some of you idiots think. It means that LeBron James has to agree to be traded. So it's not that big of a deal. This would mean that you would have to find somewhere for LeBron to end up that he's happy to go. Okay? So let's continue. Number one question. Will the Cleveland Cavaliers, as they are presently constituted, that is their top players being Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, J.R. Smith, and Tristan Thompson, those are the five highest paid players on the Cavs, They have no salary cap room. Will this team right now be capable of winning an NBA championship? I think the answer is no. Okay? Some of you may disagree with me, but I think anyone who watched the NBA Finals that we just saw, the five-game series that just took place where the Cavs had to basically have a flawless game four in order to even win a single game, I think the chances of this year's Cavs team, if it content, if it returns and gets another opportunity in the NBA Finals, beating the Golden State Warriors is very small. I think the only way this year's Cavs team can win a title is if Golden State has at least one and potentially two severe injuries and doesn't have their full compartment of players on the court going against the Cavs. As evidence, the final... 31 games, 32 games that the Cleveland Cavaliers played. Do you know how many games they lost with their four starters on the court? One. Think about that for a minute. Hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but in their final 32 games, the Cleveland Cavaliers went 31 and 1 with their allotment of all of their big-time stars on the court. The only game they lost in the regular season was against the Utah Jazz down the stretch. They lost that by six, and they had already won home court advantage, so they were resting players. The only game they lost in the playoffs was the aforementioned game four in Cleveland, where the Cavs had the greatest offensive performance potentially in the history of the NBA the Warriors are going to be at least as good, if not better, than they were this year in the year ahead. Vegas, oh, by the way, agrees with me. They are somewhere around a minus 200 all the way to a minus 300 favorite in the preseason right now. Putting that in context, that's a bigger preseason favorite than any team has ever been in Major League Baseball, the NHL, the NFL, or the NBA. We're talking about a different level of strategic dominance. So number one, I don't believe that the Cavs, as they're presently constituted, can win the title. You know what? The Cavs probably agree with me, which is why they've been scrambling so aggressively trying to trade Kevin Love and end up with either Jimmy Butler or Paul George. Which brings me to question two. If or is there any move that my franchise can make that makes it more likely that I can win a championship? That's the second question that Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, have to ask, has to ask himself. Question one is, can we win a title right now with the team that I have? I think the answer is no. Question two is, if I is there anyone out there that I can add that makes it likely that my team can win a title as well? 
general result seems to be let's trade Kevin Love, we get Jimmy Butler, or we get Paul George, and that would make us good enough to beat the Warriors. Unfortunately, I don't believe that's true either. I think Paul George or Jimmy Butler make the Cavs a little bit better, but nowhere near good enough to beat the Warriors as long as the Warriors remain healthy. So, if in fact you make that trade, moreover, you give up Kevin Love, who you have under contract for multiple years, and in exchange, you might get Paul George, who's going to bolt after a year and probably go sign with the Lakers. So your team, after a year of not winning the title, would be left with Kyrie Irving as the only real superstar under contract for multiple years. The team immediately falls back into the lottery. They are worthless from an NBA perspective. All right, that leads us to question three. Do you believe that LeBron James is going to leave at the end of the season? And by the way, I think most of you out there agree with me that the Cavs, as they presently exist, can't beat the Warriors, and that even if they add Paul George and or add, sorry, or add Jimmy Butler, that also would still be the same result. They're not going to beat the Warriors. So I think both of those questions are, no, we're not going to win a championship. So question three becomes, do you believe LeBron James is going to leave at the end of the year? I do believe LeBron James is going to leave the Cavs at the end of this coming season. If that is true, then he's going to Kevin Durant and Paul George, the Cleveland Cavaliers, in 2018. LeBron James is going to have decision 3.0, and that decision is going to be, I'm going to a new team. I think he's going to go to the Lakers. I think that is his most likely destination. He's going to take advantage of the salary cap room they have and try to create another super team, even though uh, LeBron says he's never been on a super team. Hashtag future Laker. There we go. Absolutely love it. I think that LeBron James is going to be hashtag future Laker. Okay? So if all of that is going to happen, if you believe you can't win a title this year with the team you have, if you believe it's still unlikely you're going to win a a title next year, even if you trade Kevin Love, then don't you have to put LeBron James on the trading block and see if there's a team that will take him. I would go to the Lakers. I would say, what is LeBron James worth to you right now? It would be a blockbuster trade. It would be received by many as pure insanity, including some of the people on this show, who I will go to when we come out of the next break. But I believe it would be the smart decision the Cleveland Cavaliers can make I believe everybody's talking about Paul George and the Pacers and how the Pacers are going to be left with nothing if Paul George leaves at the end of the year and nobody's talking about the Cavs being in the exact same situation. I believe this could be the equivalent in basketball terms of the trade that the Dallas Cowboys made when they gave up Herschel Walker and got all those players and draft picks in exchange that allowed the Dallas Cowboys to become the Dallas Cowboys under Jimmy Johnson. It returned to the Dallas Cowboys to glory. Herschel Walker was a great running back, but he was on the end of his tenure. Here's the other thing to keep in mind about LeBron James. He's going to turn 33 this year. Next year, 
he will turn 34. Do you really want to sign LeBron James to a four- or five-year deal at the age of 34? 34, 35, 36, 37, potentially 38 years old? I know LeBron James is a physical freak, but there has never been a basketball player that was still at the peak of his abilities at that age. By 35, 36, 37, and 38, LeBron James is going to begin his decline. There is zero doubt about that. I think the Cavs, if they give LeBron James around $40 million a year, which is what they would be required to do, they will be just like the Lakers were at the end of Kobe Bryant's contract, a team that is paying way too much money for a player of declining ability who is in salary cap prison with no hope whatsoever other than the fact that they're going to have a farewell tour and everybody's going to be so excited to come out and see this guy play for one last time. I think the only conclusion, if you ask yourself those three questions and put yourself in the mind of Cleveland Cavalier owner Dan Gilbert, is you have to explore trading LeBron James Would the Lakers make a bid for him? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. So here's the question. Could the Lakers make this move? What would they have that would be attractive to the Cavaliers? I think it's draft picks. Right now, if I asked you as a Lakers fan, would you give up the 2, the 27, the 28, and a player or two to fit the salary cap ramifications? Is that a trade you would make to have LeBron James next year to bring in the L.A. crew first, Danny G and Justin? Is that a trade you make if you're the Lakers? Oh, of course. I mean, that uh, monologue you gave there was award-winning because we're Laker fans. So I have it on strong authority that Jeannie Buss listens to our network. I only pray that she's awake early today walking her dogs and is going to take your advice to go after LeBron she could give him whatever he wants here in L.A. The Lakers' iconic brand fits LBJ's brand. And also, Clay, the icing on the cake would be that LeBron will be right next to the movie set for the eagerly awaited Trainwreck 2. There you go. Bang. And actually, you know what? LeBron was pretty good in Trainwreck 1, one of the best athlete-actor performances we have ever seen. Okay, I know a ton of you are reacting. You're saying I'm crazy. You're saying I'm insane. I would say this as I bring in Jason Martin. Insanity oftentimes is what people say when they can't follow the method to your madness. You don't end up a billionaire by making the decision that everybody expects you to make. If you're just waking up, my argument is, just like Paul George is going to leave the Indiana Pacers high and dry, LeBron James has already won a title for Cleveland, and I believe he's going to leave at the end of 2018 because he's going to look around and say, we have no salary cap space here, we can't win a title and he's going to go to L.A. People say, what's he going to have in L.A.? Well, I think what's going to happen in L.A., you can call me crazy. Uh, All right, I think this is what's going to happen with the Lakers. I think that the Lakers are going to have LeBron James. Hashtag future Laker. I think they're going to have Paul George. Hashtag future Laker. And here's where a lot of you are going to say, Clay Travis, you're even more delusional and crazy than the most delusional and crazy Laker fans. I think that Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony are also going to be hashtag future Laker. And they're going to create their own super team to battle Golden State. You go look at the situation. After this coming season, Carmelo Anthony has a player option to opt out. 
so too, even now Chris Paul has it, but he theoretically could sign a one-year deal and have that option to leave again. All of those guys are best friends, banana boat style, with LeBron James. They're also coming up on the end of their careers. What if they took less than max money to go play and try to win a championship together in L.A.? I think that's how LeBron James wants to end his career with a super team on the Lakers with his buddies Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony alongside of, obviously, Paul George. That foursome would be as good or better, potentially, than the foursome the Golden State Warriors have. It's the only way I see to challenge the Golden State Warrior absolute dynasty that they're in the middle of right now. All of those people will be... Hashtag future Laker. There you go. There you go. All right, Jason Martin, I'm brilliant. You don't see it because you're just a common man. It's like trying to stare into the sun. You can't look at the brilliance of my idea for too long without going blind. That's where you are right now. You need to shield your eyes and come into the future and see how smart it is to trade LeBron. All right, I'm going to need you to back away from your microphone. I've just listened to you bloviate for the last segment and a half, and we need a laugh track underneath you pretty much going forward on this topic. This is utter lunacy, and I'm going to explain it to you, and then I'm going to answer your question. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Most confident move Dan Gilbert and the Cavs owner can make, trade LeBron James. He's going to leave after next year. He's going to leave your franchise high and dry. Going to ruin you for a decade. Why not get picks now? Make a trade. Get LeBron James to agree to go somewhere else for a year in advance of when he's going to leave otherwise and let him start on the next super team. Go ahead and stock your team if you're the Cavs. I'm a genius. Jason Martin, staring into the sun, blinded, unable to see the brilliance that I'm reflecting. He's going to tell you that I'm an idiot, but don't listen to him. Just know that he is not able to grasp the genius that I've laid out. Boys, cut his mic. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure it'll ever come back on when I'm done with this. This could be Clay Travis's last day on radio. This is going to get ugly. I said a few of these things yesterday, and I was interrupted immediately afterwards, so I'm going to get them all out here. Dan Gilbert might not make it out of Ohio alive if this ever even came public that he was considering moving LeBron James. Paul George has revealed to everybody that he is leaving. That makes it something that we call a fact. It's not speculation. It's not opinion. It's not, I believe LeBron James is going to leave Cleveland at the end of next season. That is a ginormous difference in these two situations. You're insinuating, Clay, that it's a fact LeBron James is not coming back to Cleveland. He's gone. That's not a fact. He's gone. It's not a fact. And it's not going to become a fact. You've got to read the tea leaves. No, I, I don't need leaves. to read the tea leaves. It's not going to become a fact until right before he leaves. Right now, today, I do not believe he wants to leave. There's not enough evidence to tell me otherwise. And then you look at this. I'm going to make a weird analogy here. The poor, kind of scary Christian analogy, where some people will say, if they really want to scare somebody into religion, they'll say it's better to believe in God and find out he doesn't exist than not believe and find out you were wrong. If Dan Gilbert moves LeBron because he thinks LeBron might leave, that's simply not good enough because there's this other option out there, and it's this. LeBron freaking James might not freaking leave. He might freaking re-up. The tie between LeBron and the state of Ohio is stronger by far 
than any athlete to any area in the history of professional sports. It's unquantifiable what he means to the fans in the state of Ohio. He means enough that they're simply not going to accept the franchise letting him leave for any reason because when you have LeBron James, especially when you're in Ohio and you're a fan in that state, you know you have a chance or you believe you have a chance, even if the rest of the world doesn't agree with you. Now to LeBron's side, the no trade clause. Why would he do this? If he goes that's to the a Lakers. Different, that's a different question. Why would yeah, he but it's do an important it? Like, I can under look the, the the fact I'm saying the Cavs should shop him. If he decides not to do it, that's a different decision. But if you can get him to agree, the Cavs have to shop him. Now it's smart for the Cavs to do it. I will agree there that it may not be smart for LeBron to do it, or it may not be smart for a team to trade for him. But I think that would surprise a lot of people that there might not be a market, but you have to at least explore it. So that's true. Like exploring it is not bad. Exploring it is like walking up to a hot girl at the bar and seeing if she'll let you buy her a drink and then seeing where the night goes. There's no harm in that. That's what the Cavs have to do. They have to explore it. If they can trade him, they have to do it. It may be that there's not any team that wants to do it, but that's a different argument. Okay, well, but it's an important part of this, and then I'll get to your questions. If he goes to the Lakers next year uh, or this season or whatever, if they move him in this pipe dream deal that you were talking about yesterday when you were talking about all those picks and uh, Randall and whatever else, here's what LeBron James assures himself of. Not going to the NBA Finals in 2018. And I You've see already that, made it you clear really they're not going to be Golden State. Do you right? really think he cares? I mean, in all honesty. Yes, I do. You think I he wants to do. go to the Finals and lose that that yeah, matters to him? It matters to him chance. where he loses? I, I, think he, I believe he thinks he has a puncher's chance. They're not going to beat Golden State, according to you. If he stays in Cleveland, he knows the chances are he's back in the Finals for an eighth straight season. So, your questions. One, will the Cavs as presently constituted be capable of winning a title? Look, it's certainly a long shot because of what Golden State is. But explain to me where he has a better chance next season. I don't think of, anybody of can win Golden a title State. next exactly. year. Exactly. So no State's other situation. So no other situation puts him in a better position to do so. And so I why would he walk think, out on his hometown state now? There's no well, purpose because one, in doing it's not that. his choice. This is yeah, the ultimate is. LeBron. No, no. This is the ultimate LeBron move, right? LeBron move. LeBron James can say. I would have stayed in Cleveland forever, but they came to me and said they were ready for me to go. It is with much a grievance in my heart. It is with much dis- discomfort and dis- uh, dismay that I am agreeing with the Cavs that it's time for me to go. This was not my decision. This was the Cavs' decision. So, so you're going to let him, so, so Cleveland's it. going to move him and let him throw them under the bus for moving him? Yeah, like that's insane. You want to talk about Dan Gilbert not getting it out, getting out of Ohio alive earlier? It's ten times worse. I think, now. I think you're. I think you're overrating the amount of loyalty that Cleveland feels for LeBron I think James. You're Let me way explain. Underrated. No, no. I think they are now that LeBron James has won a title. I think that Cavs fans are starting to come to the conclusion that LeBron James is going to leave them high and dry for the second time, just like he did after Decision 1.0. Decision 2.0 was about him coming home. Decision 3.0 will be about him leaving. And so I think that that Cleveland fans are aware that LeBron James is going to leave in the back of their minds. And so this unbelievable mystical connection that you believe that LeBron James has with Ohio, I think there are lots of athletes who have had as good or better connection with the places where they play. Derek Jeter in New York. Peyton Manning, even now, in the state of Tennessee, could get elected to the Senate or be elected governor just based on what he did when he played in the state of Tennessee. 
I think there are a lot of guys as you go out. Charles Barkley in the state of Alabama. I think there are a lot of people who have an unbelievable Tim Tebow in the state of Florida connection with the state that they're from that's every bit as good as what LeBron James has in Cleveland. Kobe Bryant in L.A. There are lots of guys all over the place out there who have that same and similar connection, and sometimes that means that they're not even playing there. So I think you have to explore it. You disagree. Do you have any other other arguments? You said, is there any move my franchise can make that makes it more likely I can win a title? This is a question Dan Gilbert would have to ask himself. I suggested one on Twitter yesterday. Look, if you could get Jimmy Butler, that's great. I think Jimmy Butler definitely makes them better uh, if he replaces Kevin Love, even though I'm a big Kevin Love fan. But this is a smaller move. And I think that, you know, it's incremental. I'm not saying this makes them win the championship, but this gives them something that they did not have this season. And that is that Houston is shopping Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly is somebody that gives that could give them depth off the bench without having to pay too much money. Averages about nine four and four, but he's going to be on one of the All NBA defensive teams. He is the Matthew Dellavedova type. Matthew Dellavedova drove Golden State nuts last year because he was an irritant, because he was annoying, because he's a little bit dirty. Patrick Beverly is even dirtier than Matthew Dellavedova. That would spell Kyrie Irving. He could lead the second unit. He's a solid enough point guard. He can score a little bit. He can move the ball around. But defensively, and that is where Cleveland lost the championship, Patrick Beverly could help them. Now, that's not some huge move, but that's a little something. And it's something that might be within the realm of possibility considering the cap constraints, especially after it was revealed that the NBA cap is going to be $3 million less than a lot of the teams thought they were. And then your third question, as I've answered, do you believe LeBron's going to leave at the end of the season? I'm just nowhere near close to that. I'm a little closer to it now than I was 48 hours ago, which I talked about after the Jimmy Butler stuff and all that. And I do think that the David Griffin thing has something to do with it. But I'm just not ready to go there yet. And I don't think that you can – I don't think that you can speculate that far and then start trying to shop LeBron James because you're afraid he's going to leave. This is not Paul George. That's why – when you say, well, you're thinking about Paul George, why do you not think about LeBron James? Because that big thing of one's fact and one's speculation completely ruins your argument. Totally wrong. Not surprised. Jason Martin taking the wrong side of the argument that a smart billionaire would take. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. You know who also not making very good decisions? Phil Jackson. If Phil Jackson had just gone to his Montana ranch and vanished Everybody would talk about his 11 titles. Everybody would talk about his run with the Chicago Bulls, Kobe, Shaq, everything that he did. And he would be almost like this Svengali genius that every now and then would descend from the mountaintop on high and opine on things. And everyone would say, man, this guy's a genius. Be the Dalai Lama of basketball. Instead, Phil Jackson took the job with the New York Knicks. He's made $39 million, but it seems like every time he opens his mouth, ridiculous things come out and he continued that last night and if you haven't heard this audio yet we're going to play you a series of clips guys just hit all of them everything we got on phil jackson last night just play it he's talking about Kristaps porzingis he's talking about carmelo anthony he's talking about the knicks there are a lot of things that he said and none of them are going to make you feel any better if you care about basketball in the empire state here we go we're getting calls um, you know, as much as we value Chris Stops and, you know, what he's done for us, 
when a guy doesn't show up at an exit meeting, everybody starts speculating on, you know, the duration or years in movability from a club. So we've been getting calls. Uh, we're listening, but we're not uh, intrigued yet at this level. But uh, as much as we love this guy, you know, we have to do what's good for our club. You know, what, what it brings is it brings two starters and a draft pick or, you know, something that's even beyond that is something that we have to look at as far as uh, going down the road. We know who he is. He's a unicorn and he's special. Um, I don't think I've ever had a player over 25 years of coaching, maybe 30, not coming to an exit meeting. Um, so it's, it's not happened to me. Um, I know it happens to other people and other players. Um, and his, you know, his brother and his agent have said, you know, downplayed it. But, you know, still it's a chance for a person to express themselves. And I had a real good relationship with Chris Dobbs over the last two years. So it was kind of surprising. Well, I've reached out. Um, you know, we've communicated, not through uh, voice or anything, although I've tried to call. But, yeah, it's uh, it's got to be. And they say no worries. He's working hard. And. You know, there are plenty of pictures on the internet about him working hard and, and uh, working at it. Um, so, yeah, we'll get it back. This whole thing is very strange. First of all, I am of the opinion, by and large, that you don't go public with internal squabbles. That's in my own life. Like, if my wife has an issue with me, I say, okay, like, let's talk about this privately, right? Like, if you have something, if you're upset about something that I did, like, let's go. I don't want to suddenly at a dinner party be the couple that starts yelling at each other I'll have a conversation with you privately if internally I've said this to the guys before like if you think that I did something wrong on the radio show that's fine what do I say to you Jason just call me just tell me directly like what issue you have certainly don't go on Twitter and suddenly start firing off all sorts of ridiculousness there have been things that have happened in places where I've worked where I've been unhappy, like every single person who is out there, by and large, uh, with their job. And what I try to do is not go public with that very often. I don't think you could find me criticizing anybody personally at Fox Sports in the last four or five years, publicly, over anything other than an opinion. Like sometimes Gottlieb or Cowherd will say something on the radio show, and I'll be like, that's a crazy opinion. Let's talk about it. But I like those guys. Those guys are friends. They're talented. If I had an issue with any of them, and I haven't, I would settle it privately. So I think this is strange from Phil Jackson in general. I mean, we're talking about a guy who is on, if you want to do the Mount Rushmore, he's on the Mount Rushmore all time for greatest NBA coaches and maybe greatest basketball coaches of all time. Maybe not even just NBA. So it seems pathetic to me that he is in this position where a guy like Porzingis will not even answer his calls or text with him. That's wild to me. I can't remember a time where I've ever had a boss, and if that boss had tried to call me or text me, that I didn't respond to the boss. I I don't care what you do for a living. That's kind of unprecedented behavior. You have to feel like you are so wronged in order to be working for someone and not respond to your boss when that boss calls. I mean, around the horn. That's pretty crazy. Is there agreement there? If this is accurate, if Phil Jackson is being accurate, the fact that he's saying that is pretty wild, that Porzingis would not respond to his texts or his calls 
and that he skipped his final meeting, he has to feel like he was fundamentally wronged in a huge way in order for something like that to happen. Is there agreement around the horn, Jason Martin? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, this is not new for Phil Jackson. Like, Phil Jackson is a puppet master. That's how he he moves marionettes. That's what he does. He tries to get mentally, psychologically under the skin of people or to get them to do the things that he wants them to do. He took a shot, multiple shots, at Kobe Bryant in his book when both were still in the league. He said earlier this season that Carmelo, quote, would be better off somewhere else, unquote. Now the stuff about Porzingis. And then Porzingis missing the exit meeting. Look, Shaq missed an exit meeting after a Lakers season. This is not something that has never happened before. Was it the classiest move by Chris Stapps? No. Clearly, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and the Knicks front office, there's a bit of an impasse there. But I, I didn't think it was just the most egregious thing ever. Phil is not doing his legacy proud. What he was able to do as a coach manipulating is not the same as what he's able to do manipulating wearing a suit in the front office and See, not on the sidelines. That's think, the problem. I think I think what the problem is is the generation's changed. I think Phil Jackson is still interacting with players like he's got Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, like he's got Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. I think this generation of athletes, and Porzingis is what, like 23 years old? He's 21. 20, Jesus. 7-3, 21-year-old star, huge ceiling, makes no sense that you wouldn't be trying to build around him as a key piece on a cha- on a championship I, I team. I totally agree, but I think this is an example of Porzingis being – like, I think there's a clear distinction between the LeBron generation and the Kobe generation. And even though they're only separated by, like, five or six years, I don't know what happened, but there was somehow – and I mean this in my own life, too – there was somehow a stark division between, like, I'm 38, right? LeBron James is 32. I feel like I'm more of the Kobe generation, right? Even though Kobe Bryant, I think, is around the same age as me. I think Kobe Bryant's like 38, 39 now. I think that Kobe and I think about things in a similar way. And I think there's a lot of you out there driving around in your cars on your way to work who know exactly what I'm talking about. And maybe you haven't even crystallized it like this before. But to me... Kobe Bryant was a lot like Michael Jordan, right? There was a toughness. There was a hard work, like, just ingrained in Kobe Bryant and in Michael Jordan. And you could say anything about them, but they were going to come back at you even harder. And they weren't going to be offended, and they weren't going to curl up in the fetal position if somebody said something bad about them. And then LeBron James is like a whole different generation. Even though there's only five or six years that separate them, LeBron James is petulant. He's easily offended. He's always upset about something. And I don't know what happened between the Kobe like five and six-year window, but am I the only person who feels that way? We'll talk about that on the flip side. Final uh, segment of Hour 2, 877-996-6369. We'll continue to unpack Phil Jackson and Porzingis and everything that happened with that audio you just heard. Final segment, second hour, coming up next. Am I right? Is there a big difference between the Kobe generation and the LeBron generation, even though only like five or six years separate them? I think they're figureheads for very different ways of looking at life and sports. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? 
it means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Reacting a little bit to that Phil Jackson audio, and it really is intriguing to me the extent to which Phil Jackson made his living basically on interpersonal relationships. I don't believe by and large that most of NBA coaching is about X's and O's because I don't think basketball is that complicated of a sport in general. Over time, the best talent tends to win by and large, especially in the NBA where you play 82 games where the guys are pretty skilled, obviously. And so it's more about getting them to buy into a team concept, the interpersonal relationships, and that's what Phil Jackson was. He was great. Remember, nobody could get Michael Jordan to buy in. No coach could get him to buy in. Then Phil Jackson did it. Same thing happened with Scottie Pippen. Then he goes to a broken situation in L.A. where Shaq and Kobe hated each other, and he got them to work together, and he got Kobe to buy in. And so when he went to New York, even though he's the president of basketball operations, I think the expectation was the one thing that I think Phil Jackson will be able to do, especially because now he is almost above the fray, he's almost a big-picture guy as opposed to a nuts-and-bolts what-happened-in-an-individual-game basis, is he'll be able to work with the egos and talents of the Knicks and make them better long-range. And what happened? Carmelo Anthony, his relationship is broken, and somehow it now appears that his relationship is broken with Kristaps Porzingis to the extent that the Knicks are considering trading away a 21-year-old seven-foot-three guy who could become a legitimate NBA global icon because he doesn't come to a meeting and he won't return texts. And a part of me wonders, I don't think Phil Jackson has changed. Right, A guy like Phil Jackson, who is whatever he is, 70 years old just about, 65, 67, whatever the heck he is, is not suddenly going to become a totally different guy than he was for most of his career because he's been successful with that persona, because he's been successful figuring out how to get guys to buy in and play high-level basketball with him, both the Bulls and the Lakers. And he's won 11 championships as a coach. So when he went to the Knicks, he's thinking, I'm going to be able to do what I've done before. I'm going to use my experience. I'm going to tell these guys the same things that I told Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and it's going to work, and it's not working. And the only reason I can figure to think of why it's not working is because this generation of basketball players is different than the one that Phil Jackson won 11 titles with that they are just somehow created differently and it takes different ways to motivate them. And I think that delineation, that division, happened, and if you want to do it in basketball in an easy way from a star perspective, even though they're only like six years or seven years apart in age, the difference in Kobe Bryant and LeBron James is generational. Both great, incredible players But to me, Kobe Bryant represents the old school generation. And I find myself, even though I'm only 38, as a part of that generation. And LeBron James represents this new millennial, always perpetually offended, don't say anything mean to me, 
generation. Is that a crazy perspective to draw? Let's go around the horn. Jason Martin, do you see that? And I'm not saying, by the way, people always say, well, I'm 30, I'm 28, and I'm more like Kobe Bryant. I'm not saying that it's always lazy to say that a generation requires that everyone be the same in that generation. So I'm not the guy who comes out and says, every millennial's a total pussy willow. But I think the culture of millennials right now is that they are pussy willows. And I'm not saying that Kobe Bryant's generation was a bunch of tough guys, but I think that there's a clear difference between the way that those two generations carry themselves. Now, were there tons of pussy willows in Kobe Bryant's generation too? Yes, of course. Are there some guys who are a lot more like Kobe in LeBron's generation? Of course. Russell Westbrook would be an example. Right? But I think in general, those applications are valid. You guys buying into that, Jason Martin? Basically, and I had kind of written down and taken a few notes of things that I was going to say when you came to me about this, a lot of what you just said in that last paragraph or two uh, echoes my thoughts. Yes, there were definitely petulant, whining babies in Kobe's generation. Uh, There were jerks long before MJ ever took the floor. But where I really agree with you here is in the percentages. This later millennial generation, there are, without question, more overly sensitive guys than there used to be. And there's a guy like Russell Westbrook. But Russell Westbrook is now becoming more the aberration, not the rule. And I do think Kobe's generation was, look, our generation where we were 38 or whatever, we weren't, I got a couple of participant ribbons, but they were like field day. Like that was when I was in like second grade. But then it came down to who's winning, and then I would bail out of sports that I wasn't good at. Now you can't tell anybody they're not good at a sport because it's not fair to the child. It's not fair to the family. And I think that that does kind of influence a lot of these players that have grown up never hearing a negative thing said about them, and now they can't take it once they get to the main level and all of a sudden the pressure ramps up. That's totally true. I think that's a good analogy. Everybody is so coddled. I don't remember getting very many participation ribbons. In fact, I don't remember getting any. I'm of the generation where you had to work your ass off to get a trophy. My kids get trophies for every freaking sport they play in now at the end of the season. Drives me insane. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. We are joined now by Vince Carter, guy who's been across multiple generations now in the NBA, and he is working with Verizon as part of Verizon. They're adding to the excitement of the draft this year being held at Barclays Center down in Brooklyn. Verizon will be at Barclays Center tonight, giving customers with the unlimited plan or those willing to make the switch free phone cases made out of official NBA basketballs. And Verizon customers will also have a chance to meet Vince Carter. He's at Mr. Vince Carter 15 on Twitter. Vince, we just, it's interesting. We, uh, thanks for joining us here, by the way, on Outkick the Coverage. As a lead in, I was talking about how I feel as if Kobe Bryant and LeBron James represent two different generations in the way that you have to interact with them. You've been in the NBA a long time. The players today seem different to you than the players that were in the league when you got there as a rookie? For sure. I mean, I think I mean every um, – you said Kobe. I mean, even the Jordan, I was still around for, for that era. I mean, from the Jordan to Kobe Bryant um, era, it was, it was totally different and – from Kobe to LeBron, it was just different. So I, I think it, it's just different. It's a different time, um, you know, more a- more accessible, more access to everything. So I mean, you know, young guys today just see things a little different, for sure. Are they more sensitive now than you were when you got to the NBA and then when the players that were there in the Jordan era were in the NBA? Does it feel different oh, yeah. in locker rooms? 
How so? Oh, yeah. I mean, from the coaching aspect, as far as just uh, coaching really reprimanding guys or just really getting in the face, you know, just that was understood. That's the way it was supposed to supposed to be uh, when I first got in the league. And it's a little different now. I mean, guys are really not trying to hear that or don't want to hear that. And uh, not from the fans, from the management or anything like that. I, I just That was just the way it was. I mean, coaches would go after the, the, the best player on the team as he would do the, the, the guy who didn't play. So um, I think just guys' feelings in, in general. I mean, social media has a lot to do with that. Yeah, guys' feelings matter more now than maybe when you yeah. got in the league to begin with. Is that 100%. fair to say? Yes, yes, of course, for sure. Have you had to adjust the way that you play as a result of that? Uh, not really the play, more so just the way you kind of approach guys and you know how you you know how or what you say to to guys and the heat of battle more so than anything. I mean, it's easy when you're having a civil, relaxed, relaxed conversation, but more so in-game conversation, you kind of have to uh, just, you have to just be careful what you, how you, how you kind of approach guys. Cause you know, everybody's a little, a little sensitive. Do you like it better the way it was in the NBA when you came into the league or do you like it better now? Uh, depends. I mean, as far as just the guys and, and I mean, I mean, you, you wish, I mean, uh, the way you grew up, uh, the way I grew up, I mean, that's just how it was. I mean, the older guys were kind of getting your face, and I mean, I had the Charles Oakley's of the world, where that's the way it was. So, I mean, that's what I'm used to. But at the same time, you know, you adjust. I've been around, I've been playing long enough in this the new era where it's, you know, this is how how it goes, and you have to survive. So, um, of course, I'm accustomed to, <laughs> you know, just up in your face, you know, and coaching, you know coaching me, you know, telling, yelling me, whatever it is, just the way it goes, it's part of the sport, but uh, definitely have, uh, it's a lost appreciation. We're talking to Vince Carter. He's at Mr. Vince Carter 15 on Twitter. Old school NBA, got on an airplane, mm-hmm. you're flying for a road mm-hmm. trip. Are guys interacting on a regular basis? I say old school NBA because there wasn't Wi-Fi on the plane. Everybody couldn't immediately stream a brand new television show. You couldn't get immersed in your social media bubble, looking at Instagram, looking at Twitter, looking at Facebook. Is it different now on the plane in terms of the camaraderie because everybody can create their own bubble? I'm kind of curious what a cross-country flight would have been like in 2000 versus what one is like in 2017. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, card games are still card games, so you have that. But I think guys still really – uh, interact. Uh, no, I think I know guys still interact uh, now. I mean, you have. I mean, it's, the conversations are probably by way of social media. You know, hey, look at this, look at that, and you have your your conversations. But uh, I think they still interact and, and, and talk. I, it's different because you strictly either play cards, fell asleep, or you just had you know conversation about whatever you may have a conversation you conversate about. So, uh, but there's still you know the camaraderie uh that you're asking about for sure just are the war are the warriors the best basketball team you've ever seen uh i don't know not yet not yet uh and as part of that do you believe that the Cavs are good enough if lebron james if they come back can the Cavs beat the warriors in a seven game series even though durant has now joined the warriors do you think that's possible or do you think what we saw this past NBA Finals is representative of what we would see going ahead as well. I mean, it's it's t- it's tough to say. I mean, I think right now we look at it as 
ultimately impossible. But at the same time, you know, we've seen Cleveland, we've seen LeBron James bounce back um, and, you know, answer the bell, answer the calling, and he, he did that last year. Um, so I, I think they're going to try to reload. And, you know, the off season is all predicated on how to be prepared for uh, that team last year, you know, they have what you what we consider intel. Yeah, you know, you know what to expect, what they're about. You know, they're going to add different pieces. They meeting Golden State, but in general, you know, the core guys and what they do and how they play, and they're going to prepare for it. So, uh, I, I think Golden State has a chance to win a couple championships, but at the same time, I, I really think Cleveland will p- come back and be prepared. What did you think Lonzo Ball is going to get drafted tonight? You're at Barclay. What did you think about LeVar Ball's comments and all the attention that has been raining down on Lonzo? You ever have a situation like that where you had a relative who was getting a lot of attention or any anything that immediately that made you think about? No, no not really. Um, you know, one thing I will say, he's, he's promoting his kid. And I think through all of, you know, we who – like it or don't like it, we've now created a conversation about his son and the brand. And I think that's the ultimate picture, and that's what he's trying to get out of it, and he's successful. So you can't knock him for that. When you looked uh, – when and last question for you, UNC yeah. won the national championship this year. Uh, mm-hmm. How much excitement do you still get watching UNC basketball games? Put it this way, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, how much is, does it matter to you as much now as it did when you were on the quarters? It, sometimes it matters more to alums. It matters exactly. It, it matters more now. I mean, you still support them, and because of the hate, <laughs> it seems like not. Well, I mean, we're not the most hated, but at the same time, you know, we support. You know, that's the way we we're kind of brought up to to support the brothers, regardless of the air that we're playing in. And when when they won, if you look in the stands, I mean, we're talking about guys that were there before me, during my time, after my time, all there once supporting this team. And, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. And I think that's what, you know, the, the day before, actually the morning before, a lot of the guys, um, the older guys, we were all in the hotel right after their walkthrough. And just to show support, and you can just see the appreciation for it. Because I remember being in the Final Four, um, my my sophomore junior year and all the former players around, you know, you, you really appreciate that because you know you have the support of the guys um, that had been there before. I I know I said last question, but as part of UNC, Justin uh-huh. Jackson is going to get drafted. Absolutely. How good of a player can he be in your mind? And how would you break down the talent of that Tar Tar Heel team in I, general? I think he'll be uh, a great two way player. Uh, he has a he, he really worked on his, his, his game, his offensive game as far as shooting the ball. And I think that just boosted his um, his draft stock. Defensively, I think he has a knack. Uh, the one thing he's going to have to do, of course, is get stronger just because this is a different game. But I think just the tools and his defensive instincts are there. And he'll he'll adjust and he'll get used to it. And teams are going to, you know, put, put, muscle, put more muscle on him and, you know, but the, the stuff that you can't teach is his instincts are are, are NBA ready, and uh, you know he's got to continue to work on his his, his jump shot uh, and his, his game in general. But I, I, I like, uh, I think he made a, a unbelievable. The, the best decision he made was coming back. I mean, he he was in the was the draft combine and played and saw what he needs to work on, 
and I think that was big time for his his confidence in his game. Outstanding stuff. Appreciate the time. Vince Carter will yep. be at Barclay Arena tonight as part of the I'll NBA draft with Verizon. Go hang out with him. Yeah, come on out. Thank you very much, my man. That's at Mr. Vince Carter 15. And this is Outkick the Coverage. Let's find out what's trending now. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.